Hello everyone, this is Mark Guy with Speak Brave Podcast. Welcome everyone to another edition of our awesome, spectacular podcast. And don't forget, this is not just about Mark, it's also about my friend John. John, say hello. Hello, I'm John. Good to be here. Hi Mark, good Hi. to see you. Yes, it is good to see you as well. Welcome, welcome the tribe of Speak Brave because this is exciting. And today we're going to continue about storytelling. This is part two of our exploration, of our progress, of our journey, how, where we learn how to compose, create, and craft stories that stick, stories that move, stories that are remembered for the rest of their lives of anyone who comes in contact with it. So I welcome to it. This is your time well spent. John. Mark, Mark did I tell you that storytelling among all the things that I do in communication is my very favorite genre because well, telling a story I love I love people telling stories to me because I can relate to them many times mm-hmm. and I've discovered that when I just tell my stories yes. or the stories that I've had the privilege of being engaged with or even interpretive reading when you're reading yes. a story that has been written by a master that is such an exciting experience and opportunity but it really takes a a degree of skill you can't just enter into it with a haphazard kind of a relaxed attitude you have to stop and realize this is somebody's heart and soul you're talking about and making it alive in the listener and the viewer is a big deal oh yes absolutely and as a communicators we are seeking to excel in the area of public speaking and Mm -hmm. communication storytelling is just a tool it's a tool that you must master i believe a lot of people think intuitively that they are good storytellers would you would you agree with that i think even i thought that storytelling was what i did best Mm -hmm. boy was i wrong well don't be too hard on yourself Uh, as you always tell me we are a work in progress Mm -hmm. as soon as you recognize that you can share that with others and keep moving forward John, over the weekend, I heard an interesting interesting mechanic or interesting classification about types of stories. Mm-hmm. And I want to share it with you because this is a storytelling workshop, storytelling yes. class, storytelling, what else can we say, session, discussion, yes. dialogue. Yeah. It's something that we are learning together. Um, have you heard about a famous American author, Kurt Vonnegut? Oh, yes. Yeah. He's our contemporary, right? I mean, mm-hmm. He lived or he still lives? Well, mid-20th century into the current. Okay. He, he's talking about, or he talked about one of his presentations about three different types of stories. Would you like to know what they are? Yeah, I do. I would absolutely. Okay. Number one is guy or girl. Let's say a person. Okay, person. We, we have to be gender neutral. A person gets into trouble, gets out of trouble. Gets into trouble again, gets out of trouble. Gets into trouble, gets out of trouble again. That's it. It's just a repeating cycle. It's a repeating cycle. Up, down, up, down. Up, down, up, down. But the end of it is you get out and people root for you because ah. they live vicariously through you. Uh-huh. Okay? So that's story number one. I can relate to that. Type story yeah, number one. Type story. Number two. Boy gets girl. Oh, yeah. Love story. The end. That's it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Always happy ending. Welcome, right. to, welcome to Hallmark Channel. <laughs> right. I, I don't know if it's a uh, love story, but okay, Hallmark. I love Hallmark Channel. Yeah, do you, you watch them? Oh, yes. Very much so. My wife is a bigger fan than I am, but... Of course, Christmas time is a lot of fun oh. in our house. <laughs> but it's also Valentine's. They have oh, yeah. summer. They Sweet have weddings. That. It's the Hallmark Channel, and they're so successful, right? I mean, you kind of know the pattern, right? You kind of know the pattern. Two people. They, it's there's several patterns, right? But yeah. you can almost predict. You can almost predict from the first few minutes of where this movie is going. Mm-hmm. But even though we know kind of where the movie is going, the plot and resolution. People love it. Oh, yeah. They love the Hallmark Channel. They like the happy the, endings. They like the happy. Is that what it is, you think? It's a happy ending. It is, you know, hey, I'm rooting for her. I'm rooting for him, whichever one happens to be the principal heroine or hero of the story. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you know, the guy gets the girl or the girl gets the guy. Sometimes it's flipped. But the point is, it puts a big old smile on your face because, you know, you're hoping the whole time everything that could possibly, the world is against this relationship. But love powers through <laughs> wow well love is outside the scope of this discussion that's true i, I mean i can but talk about, i can talk about love all day long well, why do you think Sometimes, people like to read harlequin i have no idea what harlequin, because harlequin is what is this? love story novels they're just it's it's just fantasy fluff novels about love and every harlequin novel is pretty much the same setup it's just different you know okay. genres okay but it's guy in love with girl girl in love with guy and the saga of finding oh. true love and ending together you know and living happily ever after that's that's i love love stories in fact there's a podcast that we have produced on speak brave which is about love mm-hmm. in fact i called it well it's came out of the of the editing room as love stories special february edition oh. as a loyal listeners Look it up. It's about love and how to find, nurture, and maintain love for the rest of your life. So I do. Re- re- we did a recording of, yes, on the Valentine, did. if you remember that. Yeah. So let's let's move it back into the story. Okay. Now, now you've given point one and point two. We've so got, it's you know, a guy gets in trouble, gets out of trouble. Number one. Boy gets girl. Number, number two. two. Now, third store type of story, us presented by Kurt Vonnegut, is this. Let me take you to it. Now imagine. A young girl. She's she's sweet and gentle and kind, and and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now her mom dies, tragically. Oh. Now her father remarries. This nasty, vile Cinderella di- saga. Sorry, I stole your thunder. <laughs> He marries this woman with two nasty daughters. And there's a party at the palace. Yeah. She cannot go to. No, because she's now just a cinder maid. And then she falls down again. Yes. So she started low, then lost her mom, and then the stepmom, and then she cannot go to the party. But then the shoe fits. She marries the prince and achieves off success extraordinary happiness and joy and love and that story is cinderella story cinderella story every time somebody retells the story in a contemporary modern way somebody makes a million dollars yeah it just keeps on coming and coming it keeps on giving and giving again it never right. stops giving that's yeah. that that's the gist that, that's the that's juice the juice as you that's say. the juice of that 
story. So us as a storytellers, we can take a page from a Cinderella story and we can say, okay, a regular person and then thrown into the conflict right away. Mm-hmm. Boom. This, the odds are against you. The Absolutely. odds are against the character, the, the personality, the, the hero. And then you get bumped again and then, and then bumped again until you see a little break. And you maybe help from a fairy godmother or fairy godfather or any combination of that character that represents that symbol. And then you're taken up again and then your happiness is snatched away. And then there's conflict and then there's resolution and there's a path that that the character has to grow and find out who they are and who others are. But there's always... Somebody looking for them or want to take them to the next level. Somebody always watching out for them, like you Somebody said, that fairy godmother. Or yes. Even a fairy godfather, because there's been... That storyline, too, has been repeated on Hallmark in many, many, many ways. Exactly. Oh, yes. So really what it is, more than a Cinderella story, it's almost the classical underdog story. It's a classical underdog story. One of my... And I talk about this person a lot in our podcast, John... I never get tired of that of their contribution to my thinking is Nick Morgan. Mm-hmm. You remember talked about Nick many Me. occasions. Nick Morgan, he wrote a book which I love. I recommend to everyone. Power cues, mm-hmm. how subtle body language techniques and strategies can help you gain trust. But it's more than just body language. In his chapter about storytelling, in the same book, he's talking about different types of stories. Number one is rags to riches Mm -hmm. number two is stranger in a strange land oh yeah number three is love story oh yeah number four is how many how many did i say say, you've given three so far so rags to riches Mm -hmm. stranger in a foreign land stranger in a foreign land and love story Oh, okay. I'm sorry for the mock. <laughs> I was mocking you. Number Love f- story. <laughs> you know what? It's just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, friends. Hey, you can dress me up, but you can't take me anywhere. <laughs> Number four is revenge. Yes. Revenge. You know, what is, revenge. It, about, what is it about people wanting revenge? I, it's ca- the, I, ca- I guess it's just we want to be we're equal, wired that way. We, we want to be compensated fairly for mm-hmm. the hurt and for... Something that's taken away from us. So this is the four templates you can use for your life. But also, so that so we covered from Kurt Vonnegut, uh, Nick Morgan. There's one more resource. Who is that? And it's from Nancy Duarte. She now, is. A I don't principal. know if I've ever heard you talk about her, but Nancy Duarte. Yes, she. Wrote I like that. Couple books. One of them is called Resonate and Illuminate. One of those. Oh, wow. Yeah. And now she, Resonate obviously is very much an auditory thing. Mm-hmm. Illuminate would be almost visionary. <laughs> it's his vision. I love that. I recommend those books as well. And Nancy Duarte is a titan in the area of communication. She has a communication consultancy and agency, which is works with brands, companies, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, politicians, business people to take their speaking and communication to the next level. I recommend everyone to look into Nancy Duarte and her uh, free book, Those excuse two. me, in a, in, a, in a material that she has. And she, she's talking about a story diagram. Right. For example, if you can think um, Y and X axis, right? 
Mm-hmm. For example, just to get you started. Y, and uh-huh. X. Yeah. All right. So that's that's Think one. like an algebraic formula. Exactly. So then you start with a curve. Oh, yeah. Start with a curve. Almost like a frequency curve. Exactly. Like a frequency curve. So you start somewhere. And that starting point is where you start. Right. And, um, and it can be starting up high or it could be starting low. Well, no. Or does I, it start I, right at the... In the middle. In the middle. Okay. In the middle. Always start in the middle. Start in the middle. In the middle. And then you start in the middle, and that could be a neutral state. It's something that it's your regular day. Yeah. Not good, reg- not bad. It's just, just, it's just how you are. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you, you wake up in the morning, you go to work, or you um, take your kids to mm-hmm. school, or you just go around. The unit. You start in the middle. Another term, status quo. Yes. Then, with some period of time, maybe a one period of time or mm-hmm. two periods of time, yeah. whatever it is, day, two, week, year, you drop off. You drop off. Oh, there's a trough. There's a trough. Decline. Decline quickly. But a real fast drop. Real quick decline. And that is a crisis, a conflict, something that is thrown at you that must test you. And at the end of that test is change, a change of some kind. Now, once you go down, you reach another low, mm-hmm. right? You reach another low from the starting position. Then, of course, you have to go up. Right. You go up, 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 up. Now you recovered fully from that decline. And you go even higher than your original starting position. Does it all of it, does any of this make sense to you? It makes complete sense because it go, almost sounds like the cycle of living. Cycle of living. And people never get tired of it. Isn't that's, that interesting, too? That's because the, That's the diagram of the story. Because every now and then somebody whispers the question, when is this going to stop? <laughs> and yet, I don't hear them asking that question when things are climbing. That's right. You only hear it when things are declining. Yes. So from that point on, you have a choice. Continue with your story. Take the hero, the resolution, or the narrative down again. But this time, go deeper. Thought it was bad the last time. Go even deeper. Got worse. Right? Go even deeper. But what happens afterwards? It's your choice. That's right. You can leave people in that depth. Or another choice that viewers, consumers of stories and information in the United States, we are conditioned. We are primed not to be left off there but rather go up. And now at that new high, it will be higher than the starting position and higher from that success that was achieved right before. Have, have you... That's, that's, the, that's it. That is the storyline. There's nothing else to it. Okay. And that comes from Nancy Duarte. Let me give you a yeah. contemporary that okay. I feel falls into that. Mm-hmm. And actually, there have been a number of these. Mm-hmm. So I, if I mention a particular author, I could... Here's the one that jumps out at me first, because probably of all... Well, first of all, you know what a dystopia is? Yes. All right. Tell me. Dystopia Uh is basically a story of of change Uh that was done with good intentions. It was the dream of the perfect world. But... There are two things to consider. First, this perfect world that they were trying to create 
was being created or being attempted to be created out of the devastation of a very bad world. So therefore, there was a lot of damage, a lot of scarring, a lot of destruction, a lot of death, a lot of horrible tragedy and senseless violence. And people came and says, the world can no longer be this way. We have got to rise higher as people to a better point. But in a dystopia, once they think they have reached the pinnacle, they've set up the perfect system. It's a political system. It's a financial system. It's a religious system. It's whatever. But in the long run, what happens is that in the end, people always fall back into their most depraved state. And in that depravity, they once again become the very thing that they had created the so-called utopian world for. Now, who do we think of when we think of dystopias? We think of Hunger Games. We think of Suzanne Collins, the author. Yes, Suzanne Collins. Or we think of Anita Hill, who wrote um, The uh, Giver and uh, Blue and others, those series of books, which... Mm -hmm are very, very popular and on the recommended reading list for mm-hmm. most schools. And I've mm-hmm. read those books. Really? You and did? that storyline is incredible. And why it's compelling to me is because I like stories like yes. that. Those okay. capture my attention because in the end, here's here's the point. And there is... It's that, an up and down process. It's a, it's, a, it's a roller coaster, right? And in the end, good wins, but at a very dear cost. At a very dear cost. And that some type of a trough or is that a trough is that what you would you can call, call it? it whatever you want to a valley a trough yeah. a ditch a, d- a <laughs> ditch oh my a goodness a chasm yes so we're all familiar with it right yes now you are the author of your story you don't have to take the heroes or the heroine or people or characters up you can choose to end in the down you can choose to do that and it creates the sequel effect a sequel effect. It may create something, but it creates yes, it creates tease. Exactly. There's a hunger. Additional Give information. Me more. Give me more. Right? Because you want a resolution. Yes. You may not or may not be happy. But why is it that we're wired for resolution? Well, we must. Because if you know, remember that work done by Den and Cheap Heath. Oh yeah. In their made book, to stick. Made to stick. One of the very first ideas that they put forth. In that, in, in that writing mm-hmm. piece is that people crave curiosity. People, we wired to have resolution. In fact, lack of knowledge in something that we invested in creates pain. Exactly. So one of the books that I recently read and reread and reread many, many times over is a book by Carmine Gallo. His book is called Talk Like Ted. Oh, yeah. Have you read it? Have you no, seen I've it? actually not read it, although I have seen some of the TED Talk videos. Yes, uh, Talk Like Ted. He's saying that Carmine Gallo mentioned why some people sit through bad movies. Why don't they just go away? Because we want to know how it ends. Yeah. It's something about wanting yeah. to see closure. We, we, we just need to see some kind of resolution. Mm-hmm. Just some yeah. kind of, and that's what it is. And it's called gap in knowledge. And gap in knowledge causes pain. And if you can create curiosity, if you can leave off the audience at the edge of their seat with a cliffhanger without fully resolving to the way that they want or expect, you create something memorable. You break the pattern. 
you break the pattern. And when you break the pattern, it helps you to create a story that is curious, novel, unexpected, and you can keep your audience, your readers, your audience members at the edge of their seat. And that's what I'm talking about. Now, this model that we started in the first in the previous podcast on story on leading with storytelling part mm-hmm. 1, I introduced a model that was created and put forth by a famous speaker Craig Valentine, mm-hmm. who also has a fame in Toastmasters. He yes. won a world championship of public speaking, I believe, in 1999. Um, and he deserved it. He is an excellent speaker. So he created a storytelling model that consists of nine C's. And I'll briefly review it mm-hmm. as we continue this podcast. The nine C's include curiosity. How do you ask? How do you create Curiosity. Interest. How yeah. do you create interest? How do you? How can you take your audience on a journey with you, and they agree willingly to follow you? Yes. You can do it with questions. You can do it with an unexpected statement or something that is thrust into the world of the characters right away. Mm-hmm. So curiosity, you break the pattern. Yeah, and of course, Chip and Dan Heath said that the unexpected is a part of that. Unexpected is one of those things that creates that curiosity. Exactly. Second is second C is circumstance. Where are the characters? What is the setting? What is the scene? We also talked about creating visual, auditory, mm-hmm. kinesthetic, yeah. and, and smell uh, factors that color yeah. the scene. Third C is characters. Who are the characters? What do they want? Where are they going? What are they going to find when they get there? A lot of authors and speech composers and crafters uh, storytellers have trouble with characters, specifically characters that live and move the, sto- move the story forward. I say invent characters. Com- have a composite characters from people you know or seen that, that, that and also it will give you a chance to, to speak between characters. You mm-hmm. have a dialogue. So you have curiosity, circumstance, characters. The next C is the most important, C number four. Conflict. And that's conflict. Without a conflict, there's no story. No. There's You've no story. You've got to have a problem to solve. you got a problem to solve or an obstacle or a challenge or mm-hmm. something that tests your character, right? It's, yes. it's something that, some, because that's life. We, can, we know life will test people and test us and test everyone who lives. As soon as you have breathing mechanism in your body, it will test you. It will test you. So conflict is important. And I did talk about Titanic, right? Titanic. If the water didn't rise on the Titanic, would that make it for such an interesting movie? No. No. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Imminent, imminent death. Imminent. Great, yes. Escalate. Great. Escalate yeah. and exacerbate the stakes as far and as high as you can tolerate. Scene number four is cure. What is yeah. the solution? What's the solution? What's the solution? System or offer? Something that you have or or some cure comes from someone yeah. or something that but it offers also, a cure. But those or that are, hope. Those that are willingly following you too as you're doing the storytelling, whether it's in a speech or in a book, yeah. are also thinking of cures, saying, why don't he do this? Why doesn't he do that? Why doesn't she do this? <laughs> yeah. See, suddenly they're becoming a part of it and they're right. actually conspiring with you. But the thing is, of course, they are hoping. Mm-hmm. They're hoping. Yes. So that cure is yes. an important component. There's got to be resolution. So cure is deeply anchored in hope. Mm-hmm. Very right. much so. Okay. The next C is change. Mm. What is the change that we see in the characters? What is the change 
maybe in their life or maybe in someone's other life, there has to be an emotional change, yeah. like physical mo- change. Like a momentum shift. Momentum shift, thinking change, even Titanic or many other stories that there's some kind of change. It may be very subtle. It may be very obvious, but change must be presented, must be present. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. The next C is carry out message. What What is one statement that stitches or sews this all together? Like a, what mor- is, like a moral of the story? Yeah. It could be moral of the story. It could be uh, a foundational phrase that lets all the pieces of the story that come together. And the, the foundational phrase is so intuitive and so descriptive and so on point that it creates a story. That you can hear that foundational phrase and know that this is... Automatically your mind goes to it. To it triggers. Story. Yeah. yeah. Next one is callback. Callback is something that you start in the beginning. You say, oh... All, not all who wander are lost, for example. Um, well, that's a that's a part of carry out message. But callback is you you bring the audience's mind back to the beginning, or you ask them to take action of some sort. Mm-hmm. And that action may be to do something, to think differently, or help someone. Yeah, because this could happen to you, and when it does, what are you gonna do? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and uh, final C, which is kind of is infused throughout this storytelling, exactly. is conversations and dialogue. Yeah, what, what are the characters talking about? Are they talking to themselves? Are they talking to others? Who are they talking to? And how does the dialogue moves the story forward? Now, this storytelling model is largely based for largely based for speaking. Right, because. For writing, it's a little bit different. It's still a communication medium. But conversations and dialogue and speaking is very condensed, very compelling. And when we speak in dialogue, we move the story faster. We move the story faster. And the energy... And see, I believe all public speaking is an energy exchange between exactly, the speaker yeah. and the audience. And sometimes when we speak, when we give presentations and we try to create messages when we give speeches, is there's energy shifts. Mm-hmm. There's energy shifts, there's drops, there's high lows, Mm -hmm. excuse me, there's highs and there's lows. And if your energy drops during the speech or presentation, audience feels it. Audience will feel it, yes, they will. And dialogue offers you this islands of rescue, islands of hope that, oh, okay, this is interesting. And then you continue with the speech and then dialogue again. It's like, oh, this is unexpected. I like this a lot. And it gives the brain a little break and tunes tunes into the uh, speaker. Does it, any of this make sense? Yes, it does. And let me throw you a little curveball question oh, in on this because you and I both, of course, live in the in the world of, of speaking, public speaking, yeah. and also have that, you know, thirst to have the opportunity to provide that effective professional speech that offers direction or a curative. Mm-hmm. But there is a part of the dialogue that I find interesting and this is something I think is a mistake that a lot of speakers make. How do you feel about somebody looking at you while they're talking? 
They're bringing you through the story, and then they say these words to you. I know what you're thinking. Okay. I know. (laughs) Okay. So what do you want to know? Well, I'm saying, is that really the right thing to say? I'm the kind of individual that has a certain degree of guardedness, and I don't really like the idea of someone standing on a platform and looking down across the audience and saying, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's hold on to this moment, okay? Alrighty. Friends, John, <laughs> have you ever heard about a famous speaker, a famous coach? Her name is Patricia Fripp. Oh, my goodness. I was just uh, communicating a message to her on LinkedIn last night. Oh. Congratulating her on her recent uh, projects that she started. Good. I like her. She is a um, titan oh, of she speaking is. And, and communication. I heard her speak in, in real life. By the way, today I would tell you that I did not know who Pat- Patricia Fripp was until yeah. I met you and Diane. Yes, Patricia Fripp. And she's a coach to many mm-hmm. and inspiration to hundreds of thousands of people. Absolutely. Now, Patricia Fripp, one of her... Seminar, she says, when you speak to an audience, and this is the phrase that she used, when she, this is the phrase that she used, she said, now I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Exactly that phrase. But that phrase is a bridge, a bridge between two ideas. And the way that she presents it to the audience is in humble, it, it, it's, it's filled with humility. It fills with humor and playfulness. Because all it is is just a bridge word, bridge words between two ideas that she's communicating and weaving in her message. Mm-hmm. So it's not, she's not saying that from the point of, oh, I'm the authority, or I'm, I know more than you, or I know something that you don't. Rather, she's using it, okay, I know what you're thinking. Ah, and now. That that's a, comes from a place of humility, playfulness, and humor, and care. There that's, you go. Yeah. That That's that's your last that's the conversation right right right. that's the dialogue our conversations that we have as you say and in a speaker audience setting it's a more difficult challenge particularly Mm -hmm. for the speaker because the speaker has got to create the best possible environment for those people to connect with him or her and what you just described about patricia fripp Mm -hmm. is one of the important things in storytelling you're creating a relationship with the listener with the audience yes through a conversational style that even though you may not be literally having dialogue back and forth with each other Uh the energy exchange is a form of dialogue back and forth exactly and that's what it is so Did I answer your question? You did. And And you see right there, you helped us to understand that it's not the phrase. It's how you say it. It's the manner in which you say it, right? Where's your message? Where's your heart is? Exactly. And what do you want audience to... And that you can't contrive. That's the one part of you that is the most transparent is your motive. Yeah. And it's what do you want audience to feel, think, or do differently? Mm -hmm. Feel, think, or do differently at the end of the speech. There's your call to action. Yes, and this whole model that we have discussed over this episode and the one just previously about storytelling is based on humility, mm-hmm. in humility, rooted in empathy. Because as a speaker, as someone who leads people on stage, you don't act as a guru, but rather as a guide. As a guide who is taking the audience on a journey, journey of 
self-reflection, wisdom, and thought. Something that you have thought about. Something that you have meditated on. And you want to give it as a gift. So don't be a guru. Be a guide with a gift. See? Three Gs. It's rooted in humility because, as Craig Valentine said before, if you want to achieve success with your audience, don't be special. Be similar. Share your first failures, frustrations, and flaws because you'll connect in an authentic way. And if you do it with humility, without egotism, you will create a connection. And connection is everything. Because mm-hmm. that's what people would like. That people are craving for the speaker to do well. And speaker is craving to connect in a way that is effective and authentic. Yeah. And storytelling allows us to do that. I hope this was an inspiring and mm-hmm. it was educational and eye-opening episode. Because storytelling is life. Mm-hmm. We live it every day. And we, a few years ago, I had a premonition or something that I decided, made a decision in my own life. I said to myself, I want to live my life in such a way so I can tell better stories. And I still do. And I thank you, John, for being with me on this journey. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you will subscribe and share this with your friends. We are available on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and anywhere else music is heard and sold. I cannot wait to hear your feedback. Tune in next time as we continue to speak brave. Thank you.